0: In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Horror Horror Movie Night! Night. Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at HMNPodcast.com.
1: more at 91DonkeyLane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice.
2: Dylan. Hey Matt. It's that magical time of year, cause Christmas is almost here. It's like two or three weeks away from the day that this episode comes out. Hey, that's great. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, so November and December, obviously, for the most part, we're like, this is the time where we talk about those classics that have endured throughout the many, many years. But then someone was like, hey, let's drop a movie that's specifically made for Dylan and Matt this year. (laughs) And 8-Bit Christmas came out. And we were like, yo, we have to watch 8-Bit Christmas. I think (laughs)
3: since the trailer dropped, I was like, I need to see this. And not only that, I think it would be a great movie to cover. So last night, I watched two movies that I've never seen before. One was 8-Bit Christmas, and the other one was Love, Actually. Um, I had never seen Love Actually, and last night I saw probably what will be one of my favorite movies of all time, and I also watched 8-Bit Christmas. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just
2: kidding.
3: (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's so funny.
2: I was hanging out. So I watched this with four people last night, and all four of them are fans of Christmas 365. And they were like, oh no, Matt, you really like this. That means (laughs) that it's gonna
3: shit. (laughs) Dude, it's the bit. It's the bit. No, I didn't hate this. I didn't hate this at all. I just wanted to see your face if I said that. I do I did love, absolutely adore love, actually. Have
2: you tried Love Hard yet? No. So Love Hard is a new Netflix Christmas movie. Its name is terrible, yeah. <laughs> because it very much because is. it's based because it's based on them arguing in one scene over what's a better Christmas movie, Love Actually or Die Hard. So the name of the entire movie, because of one scene, became Love Hard.
3: That. Yeah.
2: But it is a very it's a it's a cat it should have been called Catfish for Christmas because <laughs> it's about a girl who falls head over heels for a guy she meets on a dating app and decides to fly to his house for Christmas to surprise him. And then it turns out that it's Jimmy Yang who was using photos of a guy in his town for Tinder. So she's like, well, while I'm in town, I'm going to find that dude that you pretended to be and fuck him.
3: Oh, <laughs> um, my God. But this this also sounds fantastic. So. It's
2: As long as you shut off your brain. Yeah. Like, how the fuck in the world of FaceTime do you not see this person's face before you jump on a plane to visit them? And I'm like, look. I don't like to think about that when I'm watching my Christmas movies. I just want to see them kiss at the end.
3: And whatever weird path it takes to get there, that's all I don't care. It's true. And that's, I think, I think that's why like Catfish is kind of losing its steam because you're like, if you are going on the show Catfish now, we just know you're kind of an idiot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You didn't do anything. Exactly. Um, But no,
3: I liked 8 Bit Christmas. I just, I, I followed it up with Love Actually, and I think Love Actually is overall a better movie.
2: But I'll tell you what, when I was watching this, we'll jump to the infamous question. Did you cry? All four of us watching this movie had some sniffles going on as the credits rolled before we were like, we yep, did. that's
3: going to be yearly watch. Yep, we cried. We <laughs> cried at the end. Specifically, like we're gonna spoil this. Guys, if you haven't if you haven't seen 8 Bit Christmas, stop now, watch 8 Bit Christmas and then come back. Here's
2: yeah, here's like the quick pitch. It is it is a Christmas story for the for the 80s. It's like the Goldbergs, it's the Goldbergs meet a Christmas story. I vaguely am aware of the writer of this movie. He wrote a book six years ago called 8 Bit Christmas and then was tapped to turn it into a film. Um, he's friends with Jonathan at Geekscape, so they did an episode to promote this on Geekscape, and he actively said, Christmas story is not just my favorite Christmas movie. It is legitimately my favorite movie of all time.
3: We're going to talk to that guy, and if he's listening to this, I apologize. I swear to God, earlier it was just a bit.
2: Don't be mad. He already shut off the <laughs> I episode. loved the
3: movie. I just thought it was a funny bit. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, but because it is true. I mean, everything that Matt loves, I hate, and everything yeah. that I love, Matt is indifferent towards. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm much nicer than you, <laughs> I prefer indifference to hate. But no, it's it's this it's this really charming story, and I love that it yeah. exists in storyteller logic. Yes. Right. So like it establishes very early on, you know, Neil Patrick Harris is telling the story of how he got his NES to his daughter, and in the very beginning, he's riding a bike, and he's like, and I was wearing a helmet, and yeah. you see, like, he's definitely not wearing a helmet, and a helmet pops onto his head. And she's like, was it a green helmet? And he's like, yes. And the helmet changes colors. <laughs> and it's a pretty funny bit. It's not like the laugh out loud or anything. But what I think it also establishes is right out the gate, we are establishing that Neil Patrick Harris's character is possibly exaggerating elements of this yes, story. very much so, so. So like the more fantastical stuff of like the bully being played by a borderline a full grown adult. Yo. Compared that to these kids. It was like, like 40. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. But but I'm like I love that because it is that like that unreliable narrator yeah. aspect and it's very fantastical. And I just found I just found the whole world of it charming. It was. And it was so relatable. Like just even the the opening the opening setup of them at the bully's house and everyone's just like, fuck it, this kid's an asshole. Oh, open. the rich he's got kid's an house. NES. Yeah. yeah, we're just like, he's got an NES, so we'll do whatever it fucking takes to get in here. Which has a great bit when he gets the power glove, and even like the school coaches is outside yeah. trying to get in.
3: So we watched this in two sittings. The first sitting was the day before Thanksgiving. Um, okay. And the, the issue is, is like, I was, we were both stressed, like, because we knew yeah. we had families coming over. So I feel like that that tampered my love of the first half of the movie because, like, I mm-hmm. had, my mind was elsewhere. Finishing it up last night, like, it literally stopped at the halfway point. Yeah. Finishing it up last night, I really did love the movie. I, I'm definitely going to go back before the season's over and rewatch it. I have my own little quips with it, but it has nothing to do with, the like, the, the writing or the movie itself. I really wish they could have gotten the rights to, like, some good Nintendo games.
2: (laughs) Wait, you're not a fan of Paperboy and Rampage? (laughs)
3: No, sorry. (laughs) Like, no, Rampage and Paperboy are not the two games that come to mind when I think of Nintendo. Although I did want to see Neil Patrick Harris make a Zelda Lightbright at the end of the movie. Yeah, no, he he promised it and
2: then didn't follow through. I also really kind of appreciate it even like he pulls out the duck hunt game and he's playing a game that's not duck hunt that's not Duck, duck hunt.
3: Yep. Yeah, like yeah but i totally get it i totally get it i'm shocked they yeah. were able to like get <laughs> i don't know what the rights are with showing the nes itself but knowing nintendo they're not gonna give you like permission to show like mario or or Legend of Zelda this isn't the wizard we're not, we're not yeah. advertising well, a game here
2: and and I do have to say after you watch the 8-bit Christmas movie you should go check out the episode of Geekscape with the writer not only is he like insanely insightful and but he talks about like you know hey I wrote this book and then I had to write this screenplay a lot more limitations oh yeah when you're writing it and he's like and at the end of the day you just have to make the decisions of like is this important to me because it's how it really played out, or is it important to me because it's how the story needs to move forward? So like you do have to like make those sacrifices for, for the greater good. So it's like, you know what? I almost like that Mario and Zelda weren't in the movie because it really is about the system. Yeah. And the and the need for the the want of that console over anything else.
3: Yeah. Cause I mean, we gotta take it back to that time. I mean Like, at that time, there was no way to get arcade-quality games in your household. All arcade ports at that time were complete dog shit. I mean, look at the Pac-Man port for Atari. It doesn't look anything like the arcade version as it was promised. So this was the first time that you had the opportunity to play arcade-quality games in your home. And I, I honestly, going back... I absolutely loved the movie. I want to watch it again because I, I feel like once you get to that ending, you get a different perspective on the whole movie itself. Here we go. We're going to spoil it. At yeah. the end, Neil Patrick Harris's character, he doesn't get the Nintendo. I and mean, you think you're going to get a Christmas story moment as there's like a package in the background and it falls and uh, it was sent by their rich uncle and i mean it is shaped just like a nintendo and he rips that bad boy open you find out his uncle lives in japan he's putting everything together he's like oh my god this is it and it's a it's a japanese light break
2: <laughs> yeah so he, and then but then they give you a second fake exactly out the second with steve's yeah. on with Steve Zon being like oh you should go out back and yo i started crying start. when that
3: happened when he's like go yeah. go clean up the poop i, I leaned over i was like the Nintendo's outside.
2: The yeah. Nintendo's behind yeah, and the, the shed. <laughs> behind the shed. Because earlier he's like, don't go behind the shed. Like he was yeah. like, you can, you just do up front. You don't. And I didn't think about it then. But then he's like, you can go behind the shed. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm getting all excited. And then like what he, what it actually is, is like the most harp. Like I'm choking up talking about it. Steve's on throughout the whole movie is never...
3: I think he steals the show, though.
2: He steals the show. The whole movie, he's... The joke is that he started to build a countertop for their house and has not stopped doing construction on the house ever since. Yeah. And he even tells him at one point, like, why aren't you going outside and playing in the fresh air? Like, when I was a kid, we would build forts, and, like, that was where our fun is. So the kid goes outside, and his dad has built him... The fucking dopest tree it fort so cool. in the it's world. Like
3: Monster Squad style. Like, I mean, oh, that tree house was It's so fucking cool. amazing. He's like, let's so,
0: do a trapdoor. It's got a trapdoor. Yeah, yeah. It's got well, a trapdoor. Oh my God.
3: Yo, I'm not going to lie. As, as soon as the movie <laughs> ended, I walked to my backyard and I was like, how do I. If I start growing a tree now, like. <laughs> <laughs> Because the, the backyard's completely empty, but I'm like, if I start growing a tree now in ye in a few years, like <laughs> but, because but that so thing that, was insane.
2: But that so the movie, it's just like sadness over sadness at that point, right? Yeah. So you're you're already like emotionally overjoyed overjoyed by the by all the sweetness, and and the dad's like, you have to put your initial on the tree is like oh. your craftsmanship. Oh, so he God. does that. So he does that, and then He's telling
3: the story to the daughter. I love and the, what the daughter goes. The Nintendo was in the treehouse, right? Because <laughs> I, th- I, I thought, too, I was like, the Nintendo's
2: going to be in the treehouse. <laughs> <the> <laughs> yeah, like we're still like very set on the Nintendo. But yeah, so the daughter's the daughters, like, she's telling everybody the story, and then it cuts to an empty chair at the table, implying oh that the dads died. God. And that's like, okay, now you're like already like crying. And then the daughter's like, you forgot the best part of the story. And he's like, what? And she's like, that was the Christmas you and dad finally found your thing. And then it just cuts to all the things with their initials in the house. and It's just like, it is so, it's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful love letter to like. It is. Because I can't speak for you, but I know like for me, I had that same relationship with my dad where it's like there's this gruffness of like. He came from such a different world and background than what I was into. He was the athlete and the popular kid and he ended up with me as a son. Aww. But like there are these things where it's like, "Hey, we built this patio together." Like we did like like we would always do like the home refurnishing together and I would try to help out like to the best of my abilities. Yeah. There is that thing where it's like you do find when you do find that thing that like you do connect with your dad about especially if you've always had like the the most head buddy yeah. relationship. Like those are those beautiful moments.
3: It is. It is. I mean, this part of the movie is such a tonal shift compared to the rest of the movie, but it's yeah. it's not in a bad way. Like it's it really not unearned. Does, no, it does. It ties everything together. And if you look back throughout the movie, we there is an emphasis on his relationship with his father. You don't really think about it at the time because, again, the entire focus is on getting that Nintendo. But there is the Steve Zahn's character making sure he's got his retainer in his mouth. It's, hey, yeah. why don't you like, why don't you go outside and do these things? Why don't you, the, the typical parent argument. And and it's just, the ending is so, so fucking beautiful. Yes, it well, 100%, is. dude. We we all cried. And if you don't cry, there's something wrong with you. Because that yeah. that really tugs. At your heartstrings. Um, I do. There's some little moments that I do love. Um, The fact that he ended up marrying the woman who has the same same boots boots. as him as a kid. Adorable. That Absolutely adorable. I also love the
2: absurdity of scenes. Like we talked about the bully. The 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 dog getting crushed by oh the television. Oh my set. god! That, that came out of nowhere. I <laughs> it was, came he's out of gonna,
3: He's gonna break it, and then he kicks it at the TV. And remember, we're at '88, so those t- those TVs weighed like a ton. That oh TV my god. just comes down and like like just Stu from Scream. Well, I was just about to say if
2: that if that dog survived that, I'm suddenly on board for maybe Stu does oh survive and god. is in par five. <laughs> Because if that little dog can survive that, then then I have faith in Stu's face. I do love
3: there's a a bit later on in the movie where uh, the rich kid's dad is giving a public service announcement about violence in video games because he says that the violence in the video game led to his dog getting crushed. And they do like a slideshow of the dog and like a little
2: cast... Well, the best part... my So my sister always talks about how the funniest thing to her in any TV show is like the people whose job is just to yell something in the background of a scene. Yeah. And that slide comes up in... A, I'm not sure if you had the subtitles on, but I did. And you hear someone in the back go, Oh, God, is that a dog? Yes! <laughs> like, yeah! <laughs> yes! But the my favorite element of absurdity in the entire movie... Because, again, it's that... It's like the sandlot, right? Like, there's that scene in the sandlot where, like, you see the giant monstrous dog jumping up to eat the ball. And it's like, you know that it's all, like, in the kid's head. It's when he's finally purchased the Nintendo. They're on the out. Oh, my God. Yeah. He slips on the ice. The Nintendo gets run over by the bus. And then for no explainable reason, it just explodes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. it's complete, like, child cartoon logic, and I fucking love it. Like, it's I, yeah. brilliant.
0: In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Oh! Horrible Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at HMNpodcast.com.
1: 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening?
2: I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did.
1: Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers? Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91DonkeyLane.com. See you there, you donkeys.
3: Like thinking back, you made reference to this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Christmas story versus Hocus Pocus and why a Christmas story works better as a yeah. 24 hour movie. This is very similar. Like, the, it's, there's different bits within yes. this movie it's, it's very sketch comedy like and I absolutely adore it that and that's why it's so easy to pick out your particular favorite moments because everything's kind of happening in like a singular universe and things are changing throughout and I love that about his story and you you do have to remember that as a viewer that this is Neil Patrick Harris telling his daughter a story so, well, and
2: and that's and that's the big so so as much as it's like a Christmas story, yeah, it also has a lot of Princess Bride, in yes, it because, yes, <laughs> like, yep. like like the the vibe of Neil Patrick Harris with his daughter very much reminds me of the grandfather yep. and Fred Savage yeah. in in Princess Bride. God, I need to rewatch um, that. It's been a it's been a it, while. it's a perfect movie. It's a fucking it's perfect a movie. Princess Bride I've is so Princess good. Bride. Um so Dude, David other, Cross,
3: David Cross.
2: I was gonna say David Cross <laughs> is so funny in one scene and so heartwarming yeah. in the next. Like it's it is <laughs> what I love that the kids like the dad's all excited because David Cross is like, I want a hundred bucks for that doll, and like the dad talks him down to 70. But then the kid's like, Is there anything I can do to pay for this taxi cab? And he's like, nah, man, I fleeced your dad on <laughs> yeah, the trash doll. <laughs> There's like the one line he's like, hey man, I know two guys, they'll sell me these things for 50 bucks. He's like, You don't want none of those bald dolls from the Diaz brothers.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like- <laughs> it's true. It's so good, dude. And it's like, it, I love, I love that scene as a whole because he's like, he's like, Why why do you care about getting my sister a cabbage patch kid, but not me and Nintendo? And he's like, Do you want to deal with your sister if she doesn't get what she wants? And he's like <laughs> All right.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's like, we don't we don't negotiate with
3: terrorists. Yeah, we we just ne- give them what they want.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> this Gosh. is definitely uh like upon reflection, I'm, I'm again I'm I'm being completely honest. The first watch was definitely clouded by the events the following day. Uh, I definitely need to rewatch it, but yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a rewatch. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a every year watch oh, for, for sure. Me. I, got, I, I need a physical <laughs> copy of this
2: <laughs> yeah i i also got the other two things that i wrote down that i wanted to bring out
3: yeah.
2: is i got so excited that there was a reference to the billy ripkin fuckface baseball oh, card oh my
3: god yeah because
2: because like that is like i don't know shit about baseball cards but i know about that baseball card so like we're all watching it and he's like billy ripkin rookie card ugh and he's like oh my god it's bad
3: and I'm like that's the fuck face (laughs) like I yelled that out loud in my friend's face and they're like what oh my god it was so good I love A face no no S face no (gasps) F face
2: (laughs) they had to blur it out to keep the PG rating and then the other the other big thing that I had written down the hardest laugh for me in the whole movie yeah is towards the very end, everyone's opened their Christmas gifts. And June Diane Rayfield is laying on the couch with her two kids. And she's trying to like have a very sweet, this was a great day type thing. But Steve Zahn got a a belt sander for Christmas. And you just hear it running in the background the whole time. And she keeps yelling. And then she's just like, honey... Honey, and he just looks at her with a big, goofy smile and waves like he is having the time of his life with this belt sander. It's such a great moment. Like you said, Steve
3: Zahn stole this We movie. don't appreciate Steve Zahn enough. Like I, no. feel like, I feel like he became... He's a character actor, 100%. Yeah. And I i feel like people judge him too much based on that. Oh, Steve Zahn's in this? He's going to play the goofy guy. But he is. But he's so Fucking good at it. I mean, he's Steve good at Zahn playing goofy with heart. So good at what he does. Yeah. I love Steve Zahn. I don't think I've seen even movies that suck. I feel like Steve Zahn is still good. In he movies
2: makes that in. he makes the movie Strange Wilderness so much more watchable yeah. than it should be. Like, but I also have to say that one of the comments I made when we were watching it was. <laughs> When did Steve Zahn age into being Crispin Glover circa 1985? Because, like, (laughs) like, because he looks exactly like Crispin Glover in Back to the Future in Friday (laughs) the 13th, part four. Like, it's unbelievable. He's got, like, the bowl cut, the nose. Like, I was like, what the hell happened to Steve Zahn? He does. He
3: looks just like him. (laughs) Oh, fuck. So there's, there's there's two bits I want to touch on. Uh, going yes, back th- to the Power Glove bit, I was so worried that they were going to build the Power Glove up as this thing that they needed to have, and I absolutely adore... That they go to the scene with him using the power glove in that fighting game. Which I think was just... I think it was a fighting game created for the movie.
2: Because the characters looked exactly like the two actors. Yeah,
3: exactly. Like, so he's playing with the, the power glove and it's not working. And I love the line where he's like... And then it hit us. The power glove sucked. sucked. <laughs> well, I like,
2: I like that at the beginning was like... At first, we thought we were just making... He was making excuses yeah. for his poor performance. I also, in that scene, the other thing I love, I mean, you and I have talked about how amazing Wet Hot American Summer is. Oh, yeah. So the fact that the suit has set... The second Lover Boy Turn Me Loose yeah. started playing during that scene, I was like, hell yeah. yeah. And I'm doing everything in my power to not sing along. Like, if I was watching this by myself in my <laughs> house, I would absolutely... I was born to run! <laughs> like, I like, was like... But I was like, okay, I'm around three people that, uh, that for uh, whatever reason, seem to really like me as a person for the last see, Matt, 10 years. So where, maybe I'll just... This is where you and I
3: differ. I would oh, more you likely have belted, belted that out in front of the three friends. <laughs> uh, the other bit that I love... Turn me uh, there you go. Turn me there you go! Uh, that's all we need to do. We just need to put a mic in front of you, and then you come out of your <laughs> shell. Um, the other bit that I absolutely loved is when they're waiting for the snow day.
0: Because oh, god! It
3: is. It's just like that. My favorite part are the kids. She's like the the mom who's a teacher, says yeah. to the kids, like, "Don't get your hopes up. We're not gonna get one." And they're all three of them are sitting by the radio, and they're announcing schools, and their schools don't get announced. And the kids are like, "Aw!" And the mom like knocks stuff off the table. Yeah. She goes, "God damn it!" And she goes, "I told you, kids, not to get your hopes <laughs> up." Like, <laughs> That is, well, as I, a sixth grade teacher, that is 100%. Well, I Lateral.
2: love her grading. She has her daughter grading the papers, and she's like, is this the right answer? And she goes, if
3: there's a heart above the eye, it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there is a kid that I've had in the past that is just like that kid with the glasses. Yeah. There's, there's, a, but, there's a kid I've had in the past but that is you know what? Connor like ends kid. up
2: being fucking dope. Like, <laughs> like I love... I love that like Jake is just like, I just realized Connor's not a weirdo. He just was a rebel who didn't care what anyone thought of him. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like (laughs) Matt's like, I sang the
3: diarrhea song on the bus all the time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, hell yeah, I did. In my life, I will take a weird-ass kid like Connor any day over, like, an entitled douchebag child because kids like that who are weird, like, I'm friends with, like, I do the youth group. There are weird kids at the youth group. Yeah. but Dude, kids are weird in general. Kids are weird in general, but, like, weird kids like that, like, sweetest human beings in the world, though, would never, ever, like, hurt a fly. They're just trying to live their life. And I'll take a little bit of weirdness over it. Actually, I was just talking to my friend about this. And she was talking about, like, with her kids. You know, my kids are at that age where they're really into Pokemon, and I used to be really into Pokemon, and they'll talk to me about Pokemon. And, you know, but I'm also teaching them social skills because they're starting to read when I'm just like over the Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, that's my experiences with kids, too, is like yeah. eventually they're like, oh man, Uncle Matt doesn't seem to be paying attention to me as much as he was earlier.
3: <laughs> like, Here comes Uncle Dylan. Yeah, man, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I bought this giant Snorlax mug yesterday. <laughs> it holds 50 ounces of whatever liquid you want to put.
2: So the pastor at my church has four kids. The youngest daughter, she's like, I think she's eight or nine. For obvious reasons, she's an eight-year-old child and I'm a 36-year-old man. She really didn't acknowledge me ever. Except yeah. for like except for like them being like, say hi to Mr. Matt, and she'd be like, Hi, Mr. Matt. But then one day she caught me at the church playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> And she was like, wait, do you like Pokemon? And I was like, yeah. And then she's like, what's your favorite Pokemon? Yeah. <laughs> like She just would ask a bunch of Pokemon questions. What is so your favorite one day, Pokemon? Sorry. Uh, I really am not that invested in it. Uh, so I guess maybe Psyduck. I just like the craziness of Psyduck. Yeah. But um, I'm hanging out with my friends and my phone rings and it's the pastor calling me. And I'm like, I'm just going to let this go to voicemail because it's like a Friday. I'm out with friends. The, it can't be like an emergency. Like it's probably just like, "Hey, there's a change on Sunday or whatever."
3: Yeah.
2: So then I get the voicemail, and it's his daughter, <laughs> and she goes, "Hello, Mr. Matt. I can't find any Pokemon at the church. We're gonna get into the car to find a place. Where is the best place to find the Pokemon? This is very important. Please call me back."
3: Right oh, <laughs> that is the most adorable story I've ever heard in my life, Matt. <laughs> so please so, tell me you so called her back. So I texted him back, back was and was say. like. You better no, contact them No. No, I texted
2: them back and said, "Hey, hey, I'm out with friends. I got the voicemail. Try the community center."
3: <laughs> like- Good damn good for but, you man i don't care call text you tell that girl where she can find some damn pokemon and pokemon go <laughs> that church Ooh. that church is
2: pokemon central so i don't think that she couldn't find pokemon i think she was just sick of catching the same goddamn pidgeys all day and she wanted some variety in her
3: in her life and that's because... so, so sweet that she called you <laughs> oh my <laughs> god i'm flashbacks to the end of, of 8-bit christmas yeah, um, there you go. Did it make you cry? <laughs> did Christmas 365 make you cry? <laughs> oh my god, this is very l- legit. Oh my um, god, full circle, all right. man.
2: All right, so let's. Uh, I, I mean, I guess we'll just wrap it up by saying, like, hey, watch fucking eight bit. Yeah, watch eight like...
3: bit Christmas, it's a great watch. It really. It, it has. It's goofy moments. It has. It's heartwarming moments. It's always going to. It makes you feel good. It is. It is not. Yeah. Um, don't go into the movie thinking. Oh, it's going to be laugh out loud. Like, no, it's just going, it's going, it's a movie that makes you feel good watching. And and it, yeah,
2: this is like the Ted Lasso of Christmas movies. It's it's, just the big warm hug. It
3: is. It is such a warm hug. The ending, just, oh my God. yeah it, it pulls everything you, know, you got to uh,
2: compose yourself I, 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 <laughs> myself
3: together. I told myself i wasn't gonna grab there's just so many bits that we like haven't touched on that i love like them changing their code name it was in the trailer but it still got me farmer the, the lion Farm- kid oh, is
2: so good dude the farmer scene farmer is definitely my favorite kid 100 but, but yeah when they're like we need we need someone that could come up with an elaborate lie. And he just like pops up from behind a chair. And it's like an elaborate lie. You say? Yeah. <laughs> like, but I was
3: so distracted. Cause like I, they really found a kid that looked just like me as a child. <laughs> <laughs> You're
2: like, did I hop into a time machine and audition for this yeah! movie? Unknowingly? I'm
3: like that little tummy kid. It's me as a kid. And I'm so pissed. <laughs> I didn't lie that much. Damn. Um, Oh, it was so good.
2: Merry 8-bit Christmas Dylan. Dude,
3: Merry 8-bit Christmas to you, Matt.
1: Whoa. Oh, whoa!
0: Listening to the geekscape network In the darkest corners of the internet a nameless formless entity has been growing No one dares question where it was created or what it wants but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison Horrible Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at HMNpodcast.com.
1: More at 91DonkeyLane.com. See you there, you donkeys.
3: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.